In heaven, everything is fine. In heaven, everything is fine. In heaven, everything is fine. You've got your good thing, and I've got Transmission. There is no podcast. It is all yes. an illusion. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Lynchpin, a podcast about the works of David Lynch, Mr. Lynch, uh, Mr. Dave, Davy Boy, um, hosted by us four people. And today we are talking about Mulholland Drive, a film about a bad breakup. Um, and I'm your host, Chaz. <laughs> and... Uh, I can't think of anything. Someone else go. I'm your host, Janosh, and I'm not going to play it real until it gets real. <laughs> I'm your host, Alec, and uh, I think you'll really enjoy your podcast this time. I've done a lot of research, and this podcast comes highly recommended. <laughs> I'm Jan, and if you hear me... One more time, you did good. And if you hear me two more times, <laughs> you did you did bad. And if you hear me Uh-oh. more than that, you probably did fine. Yeah, <laughs> it was probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure to not n- not listen to only two episodes of this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, you, you you probably you should probably just See, do that. Um, I always wanted to come here. Okay, great. <laughs> See, Alec, I thought I thought you were gonna say I'm too busy being a smart Alec to be thinking. Oh, that, <laughs> yeah, I did a, consider oh, that. That's a great point. I considered that for a moment. <laughs> really? I, I was not it taking. Was... I was gonna take that one, then I was like, oh, we we do have an Alec on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we do. I may not be a smart one, but I am one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're a normal Alec. Um, yeah, regular Alec. Regular, regular Alec. garden variety Alec. Um, <laughs> yes, common or garden Alec. Yeah, so today we talked about Mulholland Drive, which was released in 2001. Um, It was received very well, unlike most of JV's films. Oh! Um, (laughs) Rather than like. Figured it out. Rather than negatively and then like positively a bit later upon re evaluation, this was like, people were like, hey, this is something. Um, It was initially. Initially? Originally. Uh, conceived as a pilot um, for a television series that was not picked up, and so instead it was turned into a feature film, which is, you know, starring Naomi Watts and Laura Haring, who are both pretty unknown actors. Uh, and it won the Palme d'Or, and it was very successful, and uh, it's a pretty good movie. What did everyone think? <laughs> it launched both of their careers, careers, and they're both very famous actresses now who got a ton of other work. And we, both <laughs> of them, are household names these days. Yeah, household. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Naomi Watts is pretty well known. I knew her before. She, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Naomi Watts is. Yeah, I'm not sure what else um, Laura Herring did. Uh, uh, she did marry Laura a Herring count, apparently. So. The Punisher. <laughs> oh, sick. Uh. Nancy Drew, two thousand and seven. Oh fuck yeah! Oh, that's Ooh. a classic. <laughs> I've been uh, watching like five minutes of that and it was incredibly boring. Sex Ed, starring 
Haley Joel Osment from 2014. Mm-hmm. Sounds oh. great. Doing great. In- thriving. Yeah. Oh my god, she was in The Thinning, which, I don't know if y'all remember that one, this was a YouTuber movie starring Logan Paul. Oh no. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, the heady heights of a Logan Paul film. Yeah. It's, it's a movie about how, what if, uh, what if they were... Uh, what if only the smart kids in school would survive, and they uh, they mm. were sort of, would sort out the the not so smart kids in school, and uh, but mm. they're somehow also like incredibly attractive. Yeah. <laughs> somehow. Hmm. Somehow. <laughs> By some weird coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. They okay. all don't look like YouTubers. Just don't look like like normal people. No, they no, don't. That's they why they're like YouTubers. No. That's why they become YouTubers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smoothness. Sort of... Think about Logan Paul working at like a Burger King. He couldn't. No, he I can't imagine it. I think he'd have to look different somehow. I don't know. I feel like he wouldn't fit somehow. He wouldn't fit yeah. behind the counter. Like you couldn't like squish him down enough so he would fit there. He'd just like burst out somehow. <laughs> the squish him down just enough. Work. <laughs> it just wouldn't work anymore. No. Be like, Everything this would kid's break. too. <laughs> This kid is too much of an influencer to. Yeah. He's influencing yeah, like all the, the customers. <laughs> Make him stop. Like the poor brothers were working uh, at Burger King, uh, and then, like, fucking Shane Dawson would have to show up and make a documentary about whether yeah. they're, they're sociopaths <laughs> in Burger King. That would be weird. It'd be like a sociological experiment where they work at Burger King for a day and then make, like, a YouTube video about it. <laughs> yeah, pretty we much. We worked at Burger King? Yes, many people do. <laughs> um, anyway, Mulholland Drive is is a movie. Yes. Um, yes. You know, people have theories about this movie. They like there's mm. a lot of mm. a lot of constructed theories out there, far more than I could find for Lost Highway. Um, yeah, but I <laughs> yes. think this movie is also. Like, I think it's unlike... very easy to understand. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Like, unlike any other David Lynch movie we watched so far this is the one that has the most like widely accepted canonical interpretation which is that the first two hours is a dream and the 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 final bit is like what really happened and it was her dream which is a theory that is incredibly strongly supported by a character in the movie saying wake up little girl (laughs) that she wakes up but then you know who's that i will subscribe to this interpretation so and also the like the first, the second shot of the movie is like zoom in on a pillow. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And then she wakes up, and someone's knocking <laughs> at the door, and everyone yeah. in, re- in real life is in the dream. Um, mm. But yeah, so spoilers, by the way. Spoilers. I hope you've seen the film. We're gonna. <laughs> Sorry, but we're gonna spoil the movie that we're talking about. Um, Unlike what yeah. we usually do here. Yeah, this is not a film review podcast. This is a film analysis podcast. Um, yes. Imagine if we did Maybe. that. Like, if we just like, recorded five-minute episodes about every movie where we, we would give a, give a fucking, like, Siskel and Ebert-style, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> recommendation or not recommendation. Yeah, four stars. What a great movie. Um, mm, two thumbs up. Yeah, give a, give a brief overview of what happens. <clears throat> Please. Um, a woman, you know, we see some, we see various shots 
uh, we see a jitterbug contest and there's some music and we see Naomi Watts and she's looking very happy. Um, she is a actress or she's a wannabe actress who is staying at her aunt's apartment while her aunt is in Canada. Um, and she's very like wide eyed and interested in, you know, becoming an actor and really excited to be there. And while she's there, and another lady escapes from a car crash and loses all her memory and takes refuge in the house. And they both decide to like try and find out what happened to her. And so they go on various like things to try and find that. Um, meanwhile, there is a director whose name is Adam Cash. Adam Cash? And um, he- yeah. It is Kesha. 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 I keep. I've been trying Definitely to remember his Adam. name, and every time I read it, I forget it, and I don't know why. <laughs> um, yeah, and his his whole thing is he's trying to get this movie made. This actress who went missing, who's the lady who lost her memory, presumably was going to be in this film. And now he's looking for a new actress, but um, he is being coerced by unknown peoples who control Hollywood to put one specific actress mm. in the film. Um, and Another appearance of the sort of shady background types that are yeah, manipulating things. The shady mm. people. Um, the shady. Not, it's not explicitly Strange. criminal. Yeah. They're just. Would the real shady people please stand up? <laughs> <laughs> this is like the least uh, criminal uh, these characters would ever get, huh? Oh yeah. Mm. They're just, yeah. It was just Hollywood people. They're like, hey, put this girl in. Yeah, they do get, like you know. fuck up his life quite a lot in order to get him to put this girl in. Yeah, that's that's Hollywood. Baby. <laughs> that is Hollywood. <laughs> that's what the, the implication like, is. <laughs> it is the most like dreamlike way of setting this up, where it's like yeah. just this. Like we've all had those dreams where it's just this. Like, like I've definitely had like weird shadowy like figures trying to prevent me from doing even the simplest tasks in dreams right like yeah i always have that when i need the bathroom when i'm asleep and i just have oh, like yeah. loads of people stopping me from going to the bathroom and it's just it's really <laughs> traumatic yeah uh, to me it's either that but back when i back when i went to school like the, i i always had dreams about how like everything was stopping me from getting my school bus in the morning mm, yeah incredibly it's like stressful stress not missing that yeah, so it's, it's like this whole stress dream um, situation. Uh, but basically, they're stopping him from doing the movie. Um, he goes home after refusing to put this girl in the movie, and his wife is sleeping with Billy Ray Cyrus, a very distressing circumstance for anybody. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they, they have like a fight, and rather than like being ashamed, she just kind of tells him to get out, and they're both like, if you left, left that would just be like way easier. Um, and in revenge, he like tries to pour pink paint into her Billy jewelry. Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus in the in the role of a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like his first movie it's, role, it's right? Incredible. Like, um, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I don't. I don't think he's acted well. He's acted in Hannah Montana, so he's, he has he has been in a lot of <laughs> stuff in an acting. Yeah. Part, he has some credentials. Role. But yeah, yeah like. He, at this he really point, nails I mean, it that, weirdly. That almost adds to the dream, like part of it, like oh, the my wife is sleeping with the achy, breaky heart guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's that's it's, it's like the worst nightmare, right? It's just like my wife is sleeping with this guy, and also he's swagless, and I hate him. Mm. <laughs> it's such a funny scene. 
like yeah, where he just so funny where he just like slowly methodically like dumps like pink paint over all her jewels <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then it's like billy ray cyrus is acting like come on we can handle this like gentleman like <laughs> as if as if uh, him walking in was the was the faulty party yeah yeah, yeah. Not, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got got that great line like that ain't no way that ain't no way to treat your wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the whole thing is just like the implication that he's in the wrong for just like yeah, yeah. home. The wronged party. Yeah, and um which is very funny. And he's the pool boy. Um but yeah, eventually he leaves and he, he takes some money and goes to like a, a sort of weird grubby hotel. Um and while he's there they they find him and he's informed that his credit card's been shut off and the whole production's like shut down. And he's like, oh, I wasn't even paying paying on credit card. I was paying with cash. And he's like, yeah, but your credit card's been declined. Um, and he is informed by his assistant that he needs to go meet the cowboy. Um, so he goes to meet the God, cowboy. The cowboy rules. Who's <laughs> a mysterious figure who, I don't know, not not to do like, I don't, I'm not sure I buy like a unified David Lynch movie universe type thing, but he has like, you know, Lodge Spirit vibes. He's like, you know, he's he's I not. Think, quite, uh, I agree with you on that. Yeah, he's yeah. Not yeah. Part of this world. Yeah. Just a little, a little, a little off kilter. Sure. Well, he's like the the light flickers when he appears and turns on, and then when he uh, goes, the light just flickers uh, off, which is some more electricity <laughs> shit. Um. Uh, I only noticed this time around that he doesn't actually have any eyebrows, which was very yes. unsettling. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> didn't like that at all. It's, he's got a very that. smooth face. Um. Yeah, very smooth. I think I think about him because I think that he's like, I don't know. He seems to be like the only one who's like aware that he's in a dream and that he can like, I don't know, go between the the states. Mm. Maybe I don't know. This is yeah. just how I felt about it. But I yeah, think, he's. I think that's. I think the cowboy isn't an actor. I think he's just David Lynch's friend, if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> that's really good. And he, like, had a, yeah. he had like a cool jacket, and David Lynch was like, I, I need you to be in this movie as a cowboy. In that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he is. You gotta be the cowboy. He is a cowboy Just in a way that, like, um, like. Like, he's not a cowboy, he's someone at a Halloween party, like, wearing a cowboy outfit. <laughs> he's yeah. cosplaying like, as last a cowboy. Minute, last minute, like, I got this hat, I can wear yeah. this jacket, I gotta yeah. be a cowboy. <laughs> I am um, Be the Cowboy by Mitski. Um, yes. And, <laughs> yeah, so the cowboy's like, I will, if you're bad, I will visit you three more, two more times? How many times? It's like, yeah, if, if, yeah. Yeah. If you do good, um, if you're good you'll see me one more time. Once more. And he's like, okay. Um, I, I don't yeah. know how to feel about this, but this is all good. I decided I'm just going to do what everyone wants me to do and put this lady in my film. Um... So he goes to go hold auditions, and meanwhile, um, Camilla, who's the girl without a memory, and Betty, who's the the well, she's not called Camilla. Oh fuck! Yeah, she's called Rita after she's... Rita Hayworth because she sees a poster. Rita, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, yeah, Camilla is the girl that Camilla he has is to put the girl the he movie. has to put in the film. Camilla Rhodes. <clears throat> um, so, uh, meanwhile, Betty gets like a script and goes to do an audition. Um. The script is kind of shitty, and she does it with Rita, and it's really awkward. And Rita can't act. Um, interesting. And but when she goes to the audition, there's like uh-huh. you know the world's most orange man who <laughs> wants her to like 
you know, <laughs> do, do it close. Um, and so rather nice than it being... Nice and close. Nice and close. And so rather than being this, like, I don't know, raw, like, melodramatic scene, it's this sort of weird, intense, <clears throat> like, sex sort of, sexy sort of sensual scene that's kind of gross, but also she's doing a really good job. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a great actress, and it's, like, very emotional, and then everyone's like, wow, that was so great. And then another, one of the casting ladies who happens to be there is like you don't want to work on this film because it's a, it's doomed it's a doomed movie um so why don't that's you that's a nice a nice bit of dream logic there that, that, that this famous casting director just happens to be you know hanging around for for the sake of it just for the yeah, love of the game she just likes to keep to just watch out for like yeah. good actors um i guess and uh you know because she's she's gonna get discovered um so she takes Sarah to the other lot where our friend Adam is doing his like fake auditions, which is a great scene. Um, they're all like singing sixties sort of uh, pop music, but that's like in a in a fake you know it's in a soundstage and it's like in a fake recording studio and they're lip syncing. So it's that's just the like most... Drag Race. This is also the most like dream logic stuff to me. Is that the auditions for this like? important role in a high uh, profile film is just like lip syncing to a song yeah. and, but then the conversation he has with the first actress who is like auditioning is she says oh I fell in love with the script it's so good but then the audition is just like lip syncing right <laughs> like it's not you can't really yeah. show like any <laughs> acting talent in that well you've yeah you know there's some acting to lip syncing but not like a, a normal yeah not, like a not normal in the film. way Interestingly, not in the way that uh, Betty's audition was like earlier, where she mm-hmm. really showed that she is incredibly talented. Um, yeah, wonder if that means acting. anything. That's, that's the that's the premise of TikTok, right? That that's thing is just acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess correct. It's just this, it um, just has this. The the whole movie just really conveys this feeling of like, what if you. You were like incredibly talented. Of course you are, right? And uh, and you have this path in front of you. And by all accounts, you should be discovered and put into the next big thing. But there's a huge conspiracy that is preventing uh, the, the world just from that. Like that's why you're not successful. Mm. <clears throat> can we touch on um, before we get to the the rest? Can we touch on the the Winky yeah. scene and the Hitman? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, I yeah. was gonna. I was going to say that there's also vignettes going on um, yeah. that are unrelated to these two plot lines, which are, first of all, there's a, there's some, there's a guy called Dan and his friend, and he's telling his friend, Dan, well, Dan's telling his friend hey? about um, a very distressing, two distressing dreams he had um, where he goes to this specific Winkies, which I guess is like a Denny's um, on Sunset Boulevard, and he says, yeah, you're standing there. You look really freaked out. I feel really freaked out because you look really freaked out. And then I go around the side of the Denny's and there's this fucked up guy there. And then I feel like incredibly freaked out. And then I like wake up. Um, but, you know, if I saw that guy in real life, I would like freak the fuck out. And um, his friend's like, well, let's go see if the guy's there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's uh-huh. like, I don't know if I want to do that. And he's like, so no, if no, the... no, you gotta go see him. <laughs> Um, so they go around, and there is indeed a fucked up guy there. Um, so there's a guy on the back that you only see in your dreams when you look in the back, and you look in the back, and the guy is there. That's interesting. 
Yeah, it's almost like this is a dream. <laughs> Descri- describing the scene d- does not really do it justice. Because it, it's like, it's so yeah, there's, a, there's like, I think there's a guy there, and then there is, and then he falls down. Yeah, he falls But this is the true... And he's like, maybe dead. <laughs> my, my friend Sarah's podcast, Fear Baiting, which is like about horror movies, has the, like, the, the like, sign-off of that podcast is, you can put a fucked up guy anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is like literally what David Lynch does here is that he just puts, puts a fucked up guy there. There's a fucked up guy behind the winkies. Um, don't worry about it. It did spook me. The first time I saw oh, it, yeah, it really did yeah. spook me. It like gave, gave me a proper jump. It's very scary. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, a, it's a woman. Um, and it's like... Oh. Yeah. It's uh, ah. a famous actress. Well, famous. She does like scary, scary roles. She plays the nun in The Nun. And stuff like that, and so she's the she's the guy behind the Denny's. Cool. Um, yeah. An incredibly benign detail for that scene that I noticed is when the when there's like this this slow pan like to the wall, and then the guy appears. Uh, one of the like graffiti on the wall just says WWF. <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> well, we yeah. This is like yeah. Go on. I uh, say so we we see the sign saying like go around the side to. For the main entrance, which so just because we, we see this Winkies like a number of times throughout the rest of the movie in various pivotal scenes. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I'm still in my in my theory of this movie. I'm still unsure about where the guy around the side of the Winkies fits in beyond like being a dream, a scary dream man who sits on your chest. You know. Where were we? Yeah. So so that's going on. There's another scene where there's like a hitman who is really bad at it. Um, he's trying to get this book of phone numbers from this guy, and they have a fun chat. This guy is implied as maybe involved in the car crash at the beginning of the film, um, but the hitman shoots him, but then accidentally shoots someone else, so has to go around and like kill them. But then there's also a cleaner, so he <laughs> has to kill the cleaner, and it's like a whole to do. And he ends up like killing three people, and then like this is the, out the window. <laughs> Funniest scene David Lynch has ever directed. It's, yeah, yeah, this it's is, hilarious. This is a fucking comedy routine. Like, God, <laughs> his his the guy's performance code is just like the way he's just like, oh man, <laughs> oh man, just <laughs> <laughs> genuinely. Like, I was like, ge- you know, weirdly, I think the first time I tried to watch this movie, which is when I was like fucking sixteen or seventeen, uh, I. I remember I turned it off like around 40 minutes into it and it might have been at this scene because I was like, what the fuck is going on? How do all of these things relate? <laughs> I was so tired. And then like the next time I, I watched it, I actually realized it's genius and I watched it all the way through. And, and like, I, I don't get now why that would be the scene where I turned it off because it is, it is genuinely hilarious. I was just, <laughs> I think I was just like really confused and trying to keep up with everything mm. that's happening so that like this new character showing up who does like this scene that takes so long and so doesn't good. seem to tie into any, <laughs> yeah, yeah, any yeah. other of the plot that really irritated <laughs> me on the first time it is so funny and it feels so david lynch at the same time which yeah. i yeah. thought was really that's really nice it felt like twin peaks season three a bit to me which is sort of like does. i don't know I feel I like think, twin peaks yeah, season think, three has uh, a, has a bit more fun a lot more often i think this film has most in common with twin peaks season three more than like a lot of his movies do just in tone and the yeah. way it's shot mm. and the way it's acted. Yeah. Um, more than Twin Peaks season one, really. 
Oh, absolutely. Season, yeah, the original yeah. run. I think this is a lot more similar. Yeah. And we'll have to see if Inland Empire is even more similar. I think it's not going to yeah. be. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think this is... Pro- yeah, I think Inland Empire is going to be kind of out there. Um, we'll oh, I'm so excited for Inland Empire. That movie is... Mm, yeah. yeah. Like a big <laughs> mess. Yeah. I don't know. I love it. <laughs> Um, this is also incidentally edited by Mary Sweeney. I think it's... Oh yeah, we haven't mentioned her yet this Great. episode. <clears throat> yeah, I have to every time, but... Yeah, I think this might be the last yeah. one she worked on. Um, yeah, so... What happens now is... Uh, uh, Camilla... Oh, fuck. Rita... Rita and Bessie <laughs> decide to go investigate this lady called Diane, who Rita remembers because she saw the name Diane on, a, on the waitress's... Um, name tag and was like ah oh, diane selwyn that's a name i recognize so they go to her house uh and they're climbing through the window and she's fucking dead um and then they have like a sort of <gasps> freak out moment where like that it all goes kind of shifty and strange and you something's changed um and then they go back and rita tries to like cut off her hair but instead she is given a wig that makes her look exactly well not it's the exact same hair more or less as betty <clears throat> um blonde and sure, it's really important. Hair color is very important in this movie. And um, this is kind of, I feel like this point is, 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 is such a strong, like, tonal shift in this movie. There have been unsettling moments before, but this is where it's like, oh, no, this is no longer funny anymore. Like, yeah, from here on, it just like really ups the tension by so much. Yes. Um. Oh, when uh, when also I forgot to mention when Betty goes to the audition, she and Adam like have like sustained weird eye contact, and then she sort of rushes off. Um, so yeah, um, she puts on the wig. Uh, she's like, I like to look at myself in the wig. Um, Betty's like, you can come sleep in my bed. <laughs> so she she comes to sleep in the bed, and she's like, thank you, Betty. Um, and then they make out, and then they have sex, and. Um, Betty's like, I am in love with you, which is, you know, wild considering she's only known her two days. Uh, and th- in my opinion, it's basically from the body where like it begins to break down, I think. Um, yeah. In a sort in an identity sense. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so. Yeah, they so, have like a talk where it's like, uh, have you ever done this before? And yeah. And then the other one is like, oh, have you? Yeah. And it's like, well, how does she know? She doesn't remember anything, doesn't she? And then it's like, hmm. Mm. Um, <laughs> a bit questionable. Um, but yeah, so they... Then Rita wakes up in the night and she's saying Silencio, and she's like, I'm going to take you somewhere. She takes her to this club, Club Silencio, that is open in the middle of the night. They're wearing... She's wearing the wig. Um, they, they watch some magician guy who's saying a lot of things about what's real and what's not real and how it's all an illusion and it's all recorded and yeah. it's you know there's an orchestra but there isn't an orchestra because it's you know a recording of an orchestra there is no pipe and um then they uh they <laughs> they bring in the real rebecca del rio <laughs> who sings uh crying by roy orbison in spanish um sort of acapella without without accompaniment and then um halfway through or towards the end she collapses to the floor but the singing continues and it's like ah was it a recording all along that's kind of weird and then she's taken off stage um betty is reacting quite strongly to a lot of this it's an incredibly cool scene it's so good it's so so good 
I think this is it's, one of my favorite scenes. I have um Oh, absolutely. But I, I absolutely love that. I have, a, I have a take on this scene. Okay. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty lukewarm, yeah. lukewarm take. Like I, I'm sure <laughs> others have said this, but this scene is to me, to me, does the exact same trick as the acting uh, audition scene did before. Like it's, it's basically yeah. David Lynch doing a flex by saying, uh, You're watching by a movie. telling you that this is not real. Yes. <laughs> And then doing it, and you actually believe it is real, even though he told you it's not real before. And then yeah. he shows you, it, this wasn't real. Why were you so invested, right? Like, yeah. I told you before, I told you what the trick is going to be, which is like an incredible thing to pull off, right? Like, lesser directors would not be able to like, yeah. show you the corny dialogue and then have an acting scene where you're just like really at the edge of your seat, uh, your seat right? Like, mm. on that audition scene. And then the same thing here where he tells you that this is this is playback right that there is no band and then you still like see this this the singer singing this song and you're just like so taken by it because because it's such an emotional performance but then it wasn't her it was playback all along as as he, yeah. t- as he told you this movie might Genius. be about movies, like tangentially. <laughs> I think, yeah. It, he's dipping into the old uh, um, meta narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think. Yeah, this, especially in the scene, it is sort of like, yeah, this is this is all recorded because it's a movie. You're watching a movie. Um, yes. Just as a reminder. Of course, like when is it, when is someone singing in a movie that isn't from a recording, that isn't lip synced? You, um, he showed you a lip syncing scene Miserable, earlier in the movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cats 2019, where uh-huh. they, they record it with an orchestra uh, while they live sing it on the, on the set. Yeah, well, Tom, Tom Hooper is stunting on David Lynch here. <laughs> <laughs> he's, really, he's really not. Um, yeah. No, but like, I, I, I also just, just noticed that, of course, he already showed you lip syncing earlier in the movie, like lip synced singing. Mm. So that's, yeah. that also fits into the same uh, pattern. Yeah, it rules. It's so good. It's, it's yeah, and it's, just, it's in this really fucking weird old theater. I mean, he loves theaters, but it's this, this big old theater that's like behind a spooky door in like the middle of nowhere. Um, that's like maybe underground. Yeah. It's not really clear. There's a lot of normal people in the audience, and then there's just like one wild lady with blue hair who's like sitting on a uh, a balcony who's watching it. And again, this is just like <clears throat> feels like a lot like stuff from the return. Um, it also feels incredibly dreamlike. Again, in a way that like you know when you have when you have a dream, it's usually like going at a normal pace for a while, right? Like yeah. if you have like a longer nightmare or like a longer dream, and towards the end, like right before you wake up it starts going, doing more and more leaps or more and more like shifts in mm. scenery where you don't really know why you're in a, basically like in a different dream right now or like why, why it has shifted so much. And it's just like, it, it's kind of like, oh, speeding up towards the end, right? Like before you wake up. And he like simulates that incredibly effectively. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've seen any like, because this movie pulls off the twist of, oh, it was just a dream, except it's good this time. Like, that's <laughs> the most happy movie twist you can do. Uh, and, and the reason why it's, why, why it's so good is that David Lynch understands the exact way how dreams feel and is able to put that on the movie screen in a way 
nobody can. Yeah, it's not going to be like yeah something where it's like just a normal day, except then you wake up and it's a dream. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it, it follows the correct logic. It feels off and strange through the whole thing. Yeah, but I dreams, but like I think I think that comes from his transcendental meditation. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, like because he gets to really, and I've experienced this too. Like you get to really, um, like experience it with. Uh, a bit of um, lucidity, and so you you really get to you can get the ins and outs of it, and that's where he gets his ideas, like a string of pearls. They all just yeah. <clears throat> there's so many pearls in this Anal dream. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a, there's also a thing where the first half before this cut really that happens in a sec is that really it does also feel like a like an old film in the way that it's supposed to be like um yeah the yeah, way yeah. the way that they act especially at certain scenes maybe mostly in betty scenes probably less so in um adam scenes but feels very mm. like sort of old hollywood style noir sort of vibe yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Like, compare compare the sort of general vibe to any other film that was released like 2001 yeah that yeah. just it's going for a different tone completely yeah and- the way like when betty when Betty and Rita go over to the apartment, the way Betty is like, let's just sneak in the yeah. sneak in the back window instead of waiting like three minutes for this roommate to come <laughs> unlock the door. Yeah. You know. We have to get and it. That, yeah. yeah. Like how you know like like with the Winky scene, like in a dream when you when you know something is there and know something is happening, but like there's no it, you don't see it it's just kind of you're aware of it it's a felt sense yeah kind of thing yeah and and he, i think he does that as well with the sound design which is very you know it's one of his things but it is very good and very atmospheric um and he does a lot with interesting noises that really makes you feel i don't know f- makes you feel things without knowing them i guess you know as part of the film yeah. Um, like when things are strange or off or whatever. Um. Yeah, I have to mention for the like old Hollywood thing, like very clearly also and all throughout the movie, very explicit homages to Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard, like, yeah. <laughs> he mentions the name of the road, right? It's like, oh, we're on like Sunset the... Boulevard. Yeah. Do you get it? <laughs> and also the way, like <laughs> this movie is called Mulholland Drive, but it's yes. written as Mulholland's <laughs> DR, uh, the same yeah. way the Sunset, Sunset Boulevard, Boulevard is. The movie yeah. title is also Mulholland, like the abbreviation. Mulholland's Doctor. Mulholland Doctor. Doctor. Also, it's also um, it's got a few old Hollywood people. It's got um, Anne Miller as like Coco, who yes. runs the the housing complex, and you know she's she's very made up in you know like she is like an old Hollywood sort of I don't know Sunset Boulevard style actress. Great again. performance. Really good. <clears throat> um. Great movie, Sunset Boulevard. Um, yeah, so they're in Club Silencio. Um, they find a, they found a, they found a key earlier, right? And then she finds like a blue box, yeah. which seems to fit the key. So they go home. Betty disappears. Rita puts the key in, and then suddenly she goes into this blue box, and then everything changes. And suddenly, the lighting changes, the way it's shot changes, the acting style changes. Suddenly, everyone aren't like made up perfectly all the time. <laughs> Um, but look, look kind of like shit, which is great. 
um, Naomi Watts's acting changes completely, which is really it's really really good the way she sort yeah of switches. I, I think he told them, David Lynch told them, like, that these are completely different characters. Yeah. Yeah. And famously, Naomi Watts said she was playing between, I want to say, like, nine different characters. <laughs> yeah. That may, not, that may be an exaggeration. That's but... very funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she wakes up, and now she is Diane Selwyn, and everything is different. She lives in that apartment where the other Diane lived. Um, the lady very different haircut. So yeah, so sort of choppier haircut. She, you know, she dresses more like a lesbian rather than like um, whatever she dresses like in the in the beginning part, which is just like rather than like a thread wife, like a, like, 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 a, like a child from two thousand and four. Yeah, <laughs> pink sequin sweater, or whatever. I hate it so much. I hate yeah, that Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia says that she's reminiscent of Nancy Drew, which I don't know. Do of that what you want. Yeah, she's blonde, I guess. Um, Where's a sweater? She wears a sweater. Yeah. She's like very like she wears. Um, she's detec- detective. Yeah, she's doing yeah. like amateur detective stuff, I guess. Yeah, that's where that's that's where Wikipedia says that many people noted this as a resemblance to Nancy Drew, where she's like right. meets this meets this new person who she doesn't know and immediately decides to help her, whatever. Hmm. Mm. I think it's. Yeah. I think it's more. I don't think it's explicitly a Nancy Drew thing. I. Yeah, I yeah. think it's just. Uh, it's, like, the fucking, it's just yeah. like an adventure yeah. movie character or whatever. Like. Yeah. But, it's just um, an idealized version of yourself where you're pure yes. of heart. Well, you're pure and good and cool and love to help. And but also, also incredibly talented. Actress. Unlike your girlfriend, who is not unlike very good your at girlfriend acting. who can't act, which is so <laughs> adorable, but also she relies on you for everything. And you, and she needs you so much. Um, yeah. So <laughs> this reality, Rita is a lady called Camilla who is an actress, and um, a more successful one who basically gets Diane parts, like some bit parts in like her big films. Uh, she and Diane had like a sexual relationship for a while, and then she broke it off, and she is now engaged to the act, the director of a film that she was in. Which is Adam. Um, there's some, there's some really sad. There's some you know there's some sad scenes. She's, it's like unsure how much is like in Diane's head and how much is like her being deliberately evil. Um, but she she does yeah. stuff like deliberately makes Diane stay on set when she's like making out with the director in the car. Um, and then <laughs> she like gets her to come to Mulholland Drive. Um, almost a sort of like echo of the one of the earliest scenes where she's like, "We don't stop here," and then she's like leading her up the hill on Milan Drive, and it's like very romantic, and you know, it feels very meaningful. And then at the top, it's just like her, her boyfriend's there, um, and everyone's <laughs> mad at her for being late. And um, Coco is there, and is actually his mother. And then she explains how she got to Hollywood, and she auditioned for that role that she auditioned for in the earlier scene, but she didn't get it, and Camilla was cast instead, and basically everything is sort of twisted the other way around, and she sees that um, Camilla and Adam are engaged, and, you know, they're successful, and she then makes out with another woman in front of her, I guess, just to be like, listen, I still have sex with women, just not with you. 
Um, but then maybe that's also in her head. It might, it might also be a hallucination because she looks, she's dressed exactly like Camilla Rhodes, fake Camilla Rhodes from the dream. And then she sort of walks out and then the cowboy walks past. So like, who knows what's going on there? Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to the Winkies again. And she's, um, uh, she's giving a hitman a bunch of money. Uh, <laughs> I, he, we see it's the same hitman, but he seems a bit more confident here. And uh, mm. she like gives him the headshot of Camilla, and is like, "This is the girl." And he's like, yeah, it's Don't almost do that." <laughs> it's almost as if in her dream, she like kind of wishes that that, he that the hitman was actually incompetent. <laughs> yeah, makes you think. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Although, although I, I he really like that. Just. <laughs> Yeah, I do love that li- that li- little exchange where he's like, "Oh no, don't show that to me here." Yeah. Which is like, this is LA. Everybody has a headshot with them at all times. Yeah. This is not this is not suspicious behavior at all. Yeah, <laughs> she looks at that. There's the same um, waitress, and she has a like a name tag that says Betty. So, oh, interesting. Mm. And uh, he's like, "I'll give you this blue key when I've done the deed." And when she woke up earlier, the blue key was on the table. So it, it's implied that. Um, he has now murdered Camilla, uh, which is you know an overreaction <laughs> to a breakup, maybe. But like, who am I to judge? Oh, maybe <laughs> I don't. I don't think we should police women. You know, I think we people deal with grief in different ways. And, like, yeah. Wanting a relationship is valid, <laughs> and if you need to pay a hitman money to then murder someone, I think that's fine. Um, yeah, it's actually uh, it's actually homophobic to silence her in her yeah. opinions. Yeah. Is yeah. You just you're you're gonna silence this queer woman because like she doesn't, you know, react the way society wants her to. Okay. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> so she wakes up and then we cut to like the the guy behind the winkies who's got like a bag with the blue box in and then the little old people from the beginning of the movie are like tiny they're like tiny now, they're like tiny old people and they, they go in through her door and then they like become big <laughs> and then they torment her and then she freaks out and she gets a gun from her um from the drawer and she shoots herself and the film ends and there's smoke everywhere and then we see a sort of like over image of her and uh camilla in the blonde wig like being sort of happy and then then the film ends and that's the film and it's you know pretty good i'm imagining david lynch explaining this to an investor (laughs) (laughs) exactly how you've described it (laughs) it's like oh okay uh, well, the old people from the beginning notes, of the movie—they're yeah. now little, <laughs> and they're crawling through yeah, the bottom of the then... door. <laughs> Explain to me the littleness of these people, well, they're, they're the relevance of their smallness. <laughs> they can get, they can fit through small spaces. Plus, he's like, I'd rather see a movie about them, to be honest. <laughs> um. What a what a picture! What a picture! Wow. What a what a flick! They don't make them what like a... this anymore. They really don't. They couldn't. David, that... come back. Come out yeah. of retirement. David, come back and give <laughs> us more food. Delicious food. You um... may stop doing the weather reports. <laughs> you. They're we're not... giving you permission to stop. <laughs> yes. Um. Also, come on the show, please, David. Oh, if you're listening. Oh my God! Yeah. Come on, David. He's I would die if David listeners. Lynch was listening to this. I could never let him hear anything I ever said. I couldn't meet him. <laughs> of all the good episode productions um, 
antagonists or subject matters, like, <laughs> which are often the same thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> David Lynch might be the least disastrous. That's true. Yeah. To come on. Sufjan, I don't know what he would do. <laughs> I don't know um, who he is. It was, so he was, he was okay. He's such yeah. a weird guy, I think. Like, I just have no oh. grasp on his character. Well, uh, yeah. Everything we do. He's a weird, he's been a weird little boy on, on Tumblr lately, and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> Posting weird movie posters. Yeah. Yeah, no, David's not allowed on the podcast because I think he would think I was stupid and I can't let him see what we have wrought in this, in this space. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think he would just be like, well, that's your interpretation about like everything you say. Or, yeah, yeah, you know. Every, yeah. Everything we would ask of him, he would be like, well, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Naomi once said the actress really didn't know what was going on, but she used to pretend that she did to like piss off everyone else. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they'd be like, "Do you get what this I is?" Mean, they she's also like, yeah. like, first. It's really obvious. Of course. They like first shot a TV pilot, right? Yeah. So they they, they like yeah. went through different stages of mm. thinking what it is that they are filming currently. Yeah, they they just sort of he did the pilot and then it was rejected and then he sort of had a session where he like wrote the rest of it and was like this was better I'd prefer this and mm. that's how it ended yeah. and then he put I, more scenes in and shit but yeah I think it it makes a lot of sense too with all of the um, there are a lot of side characters that don't yeah. uh like if it were a TV show you'd be like oh I wonder how like. They're going to have their own little arc yeah. at some yeah. point. The detectives like, who uh, aren't in the rest of the movie. The detectives. Or, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really like Cookie, the hotel guy. Yeah. yeah the mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Cookie. Or like uh, the casting director. Yeah, or the espresso Adam, man. Adam's, Adam's receptionist. Like, I think c- Cookie's... Yeah, exactly. Espresso man. Yeah, espresso man. Angelo Bellamenti. Um, who... Well, cannot get a yeah. good espresso, and if he has a bad one, he will spit it out all over his napkin. <laughs> <laughs> Incredibly funny scene, also. Very, very good. Very realistic spitting too, not like a yeah. spit. No, no, he just was like genuinely slowly. Spitting. It just dribbles out of his mouth. <laughs> it dribbles. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder how much that is actually based on Angelo Badalamenti. <laughs> like, I think he does confirm my uh, prejudices of Italian people. <laughs> You think the Italians are like I w- that? I wonder to what extent. I wonder what to what extent the espresso is like. This is fucking deep in the weeds of weird theories, but like, I wonder if that's like anything of a kind of a statement on like, because if this was going to be a TV show, it's like, uh Twin Peaks is all about the good coffee. Oh, here it's espresso. I like that. Now it's, it's espresso, but you want and, the it's, bad. and it's bad. Espresso. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there might be something to that. I also just wonder if, like, it might it might have just been, like, the inspiration might have just been that Badalamenti was also peculiar about his espresso. Like, he might not have spit mm-hmm. it out. He might just have been, like, very into, or, like, very, I don't know, peculiar about, like, high-quality yeah. espresso. Might have been, like, well, that's the thing, David. He's always, uh, he's incorp- he incorporates, like, real things yeah. and just mm. incidental Mm. into works that in with his ideas yeah so it all meshes yeah like when bob just got stuck in the in in the frame of a shot and took that yeah, and yeah. made that into the entire an entire thing mm. yeah exactly there's a lot of coffee cups in this movie 
Um, there are. But, you know, might just be because it's nice to drink coffee, but they, they do turn up a lot. Maybe it is connected to Twin Peaks. Maybe it is in the same universe. Oh, there's also cigarettes, cigarettes. which is, uh, yeah, <laughs> something, something, the smoke, the fire, cigarettes um, a lot. Uh, okay. yeah. the, uh, the electricity poles, the fireman, he well, walks um, with the one of the walking stick. One of the coffee cups in Diane's apartment is, um, from the wink, from the winkies. So it's like, did she steal it from the winkies? Is she the waitress? Mm. Is she the waitress and the prostitute and every other blonde woman in this movie who has a bob? <laughs> every think, other blonde woman. I think yes. <laughs> I think they're all related or they're all connected in some way and they all like mm. represent something. This is my this is my I'm sure no, I, I, I think I think you're sort of pretty much on something there. I feel like the, 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 yeah. the short short hair blonde woman is sort of used as like an archetype. It's just like that that is sort of um I don't know. Yeah, David Lynch yeah. knows two and types so of women. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this comes to my theory the of, is also blonde. of duality in it, the dualism of the blonde and the brunette in David Lynch movies. Well, there's always going to be mm. one blonde and one brunette, and they're always at like yes. they're always at odds. You know, they're always contrasting in some way. And the brunette is normally mm. sexy. She's normally like wears darker clothes and is like sexy. And the blonde one is normally like appears innocent but has like a dark secret. Yeah. Um. And you know, obviously they're both like obviously they're both damaged because they're women in yeah. two movies. <laughs> yes, but you know you can't. You know if you're having two doppelgangers, one's got to be blonde and one's got to be one's got to be brunette. That's just the rules. Um, mm-hmm. It's happened at least three or four times by this point, which is very impressive for like a very specific kind of kind of mm. uh, a specific thing. thing yeah. I was thinking, like, even in a razor I mean, it, head, it keeps working. Even in a razor head, there's like blonde wife. Oh yeah, brunette evil sexy ah. neighbor. <laughs> uh, oh, sexy brunette neighbor who wants to have sex <laughs> with you. Blue velvet. Same thing, more or less. <laughs> Lost highway brunette. Yeah, brunette yeah. wife. This blonde was. Wife. I I have to point out that this was one of the things that like incredibly smug. Uh, I'm gonna make a five-hour video where I explain to you everything that happens in Twin Peaks, uh, but, like, authoritatively, and you are wrong if you think otherwise. Uh, and there's a, yeah. there's a bit where he just very smugly makes fun of how normal people talk, or how, like, acad- academics talk about uh, David Lynch, and, like, one of the things he makes fun of is duality. <laughs> Which is such bullshit. Like, it's so clearly a theme in his movies. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's like that's just like it's, it's, I don't think it's like something you can like debate. Like it's there in the in yeah. the movies, <laughs> you know. It's like <laughs> it's like being de- like, damn. Do you think the color blue means something in David Lynch movies? Do you think he has like a thing about the color blue and like the color red and like I don't know. No. Do you think he Crazy. he uses doppelgangers in his movies a lot? Um, Maybe. <laughs> do you think he? Do you think David Lynch is? Really into uh, women performing on stages. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think curtains are a thing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Reaching the point where we're just describing the text of the movie. Exactly. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, the events and things that occur on screen. Has a whole thing about like actresses who come to Hollywood to meet, live in their Aunt Ruth's apartment. <laughs> and a woman who gets, uh, goes missing after a car accident and loses all of her memories. And... Yeah, that's a real strong theme in his work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> In this, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
obviously, I don't know if you've mentioned this, but like all the people in the real, the maybe or maybe not real world are people that also are in the fake world, but like in different roles. Um, or similar roles, but you know, it sort of yeah. contrasts between the two different parts. Um, but yeah, and, and it's as we I were saying have before. A, I did have a moment. Oh, God. I was saying, as we were saying before, it's like pretty easy to see this as sort of a dream or vision that Diane is having out of guilt after yeah. she orders this hit on her girlfriend <clears throat> where she imagines a world where her girlfriend uh, is a bad actor and loves her and all the parts that she got are actually the parts that um, Diane's other self gets. Um, and she loves her and she, you know, they're together and everything is fine and she has a sick apartment and everything is working out and bad things are happening to that bitch, Adam. Um... <laughs> and and the only reason she wouldn't get a role in a movie is because of shadowy interference and not because she's bad or for other other reason. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Well, right, and that's um the the movie that they're auditioning for in the dream is the Sylvia North story, yeah. which is brought up again in the real world, like I think she says like that's where uh what's where they met mm. on the set of Sylvia North's story. Yeah, and the yeah, director I think did, that's what the, line the director is. didn't yeah. like her very much. Didn't think much of her. Um, mm-hmm. There was a bit when she's doing the audition in the dream as well, or in the first half, where he's like, "We can do it nice and close, like that dark-haired actress did." So I was like, "Oh, is that implying?" Because in 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 the hints, you know, the David Lynch hints thing, it's like, "How did?" Ah. I, I don't know if it's like in Diane's imagination. The only reason that Camilla is successful is because she's like, you know being sexy and using sex in order to get ahead and that's why she's like and that's why it's never worked out for for Diane but that's sort of how that <clears> came across to me and then in the film in the dream bit she's like is sexy and she is sort of you know leaning into yeah. it and that's why she's successful yeah I think this oh, movie is how do I put it like I, I want to complain about two types of people here uh, who interact <laughs> with David Lynch properties one I love to complain the, we love to complain. <laughs> One, the types of people who be like, uh, David Lynch who makes movies that make no fucking sense. Uh, it's yeah. just his weird uh, t- hallucinations where he took too much drugs or meditated too hard transcendentally and you can't expect me to try to decode all this nonsense, right? Like, that's that that's one type of people. And then there's the other type of people who are like, I understand everything about Mulholland Drive. Here's I'm going to lay <laughs> this out for you because I'm such a genius. Because, like, watching this movie, it is... Once you get the thing that it's a dream, which it, the movie tells you, one, mm. implicitly at the start in the diner scene, you, you might not be able to catch up on catch on to that. But then with, like, the wake-up little girl thing uh, towards the yeah. end, very explicitly, and then you just have to watch it one more time, and you're gonna be able to mm. decode mm. most things as yeah. like why she would dream of that. <laughs> so it's mm. really not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that like you're not you're not a brain genius for understanding most of this. There's obviously some parts <laughs> that are like more out there, but it's like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't require a diploma, right? And also like. Mm. you don't have to approach David Lynch movies as oh there's no way no way I'm going to understand this and he's just being mm. a piece of shit for doing movies that aren't like linear yeah, yeah, yeah I think I think the second watch 
is reasonably important. At least it was yeah. for me. Not not that it, not that it's a film that doesn't hold up like on first viewing. It is still mm. an incredible movie to watch the first time around. But it, once you once you watch that first section of it again, those first two hours, you can so easily map all these events back yeah. to like what yes. you now know about what has happened, and it just immediately reveals everything to you. It's, it's an and open it's, book, really. Once once you have watched it once, <laughs> it is highly satisfying to to yes. be like, oh yeah, I, mm, I get yeah, why yeah. this would be happening, and it is very affecting. Like it's, I don't know, it's a very interesting way to to tell a story through the way it is perceived in a dream, right? Like, that, mm. that's such an underused device, almost. Um, but it's not, like... I feel like a less uh, tactful director... Because, I mean, that's a trope, right? The whole, like, it was yeah. all a dream, you know? I used to used to read Word Up magazine. Um, <laughs> but, uh... Fucking... But it, it, it is very well done <laughs> it is yeah yeah <laughs> correct <laughs> yeah it is it's very effectively done i think the good film i like <laughs> look good in brain uh, i'm a professional podcast <laughs> I saw this film and I, I made, it felt it was good. I liked it. <laughs> it was a good film, this one. <laughs> yeah, I, the thing I always note, because um, I, I think, you know, I, I try to take note of, like, costumes and makeup and stuff. And there there is a lot, like, in the first half where, like, their makeup is perfect, like, the entire time. Yes. Um, and then in the second half, like, Naomi Watts does just look like shit. And I, I really like that. Um, yeah, there's a bit where she's like trying to masturbate and then just like crying, and she just looks uh-huh. like absolute shit, and it's so depressing yeah. and like <laughs> awful, and such a contrast to everything really that's been happening. Yeah. It's just really, really good. I was um, like once, once the movie, like on this watch, once the movie got to that point, to like the quote unquote reality, I guess. Then mm. that was where I was like, oh yeah, this is this is not fun to watch because it is like a thing that sucks that it happens to her like or that she did it right like it's mm. but it's like you know it sucks to watch like in a good way right like it's um mm-hmm. yeah it's portraying this character of her, which great performance by naomi watts uh, i must say very, the way she good. like plays this character in in a different way uh, as as she did with diane but in a way that you can track how how the first one would be an idealized version of of her yeah, yeah. By the way, I did also notice the, like we said this on the Lost Highway episode, but on, on this watch, I noticed how similar it is, like in its core elements to Lost Highway, in that both is like yeah. about um, killing your partner and and then making up an idealized version of yourself <laughs> to like deflect from yeah. guilt <laughs> in in different ways. But it is it does have the same like mm. core conceit. Um, yeah. I do feel Lost Highway was more obscure and more, yeah. more like this. This one that was hard maybe to is like... <laughs> yeah to puzzle out, right? Whereas like this one, it feels mostly pretty clear. Yeah, um, Lost Highway. Yeah. I'm just like I'm still like. Not I, I was, I was sure. thinking while I was watching, I was yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> I was I was because I remember watching Lost Highway and being reminded of. Mulholland Drive, yeah. and now, now that I watched Mulholland Drive again, I was watching it and trying to think if I. But still, felt the same connection between the two of them. There's obviously, you know, thematic similarities to them. Um, but yeah, I feel like uh, in, 
God, I've lost highway. I feel like that was more. Yeah, it was a more broad thing. It was a more more sort of a yeah. abstract uh, approach to sort of like, like duality theme. Whereas um, Mulholland Drive does have those same things, like almost exactly. But it it seems also to be speaking about like the film industry. Like it has yeah. something specific yes. to say alongside the obscure yeah. sort of um, thematic stuff. Yeah, Lost Highway yeah. is about the fantasy of what if your wife was blonde. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what if sex was lost, and and, and uh, Mulholland Drive is about what if um, what if your brunette lover would wear a blonde wig and look exactly like you, and then you would fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's also like um, playing with different genre tropes. Like, I think that to yeah. me that is the main difference between Lost Highway and this one is that like. Lost Highway is much more like a neo-noir thing. Um, mm. Like, that really plays with noir tropes a lot, uh, but also, like, with with this... W- with, uh, um, with, like, this industrial uh, aesthetic, with, like, the music choices, I guess. Like, this, yeah. it has... It's more of, like, a brutal aesthetic, I think. Wh- whereas this one... Mm as we said, plays much more with, like, old Hollywood uh, type tropes. Yeah. Right, like, it plays into, like, old Hollywood dramas. Um, which is something that I personally find more aesthetically pleasing. Of, of course, your mileage may vary, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Lost Highway is a lot more starker, a lot more, like, cold. Yeah. The way it's shot, or is this one... The, at least for the, the yes. first two-thirds, is a lot more warm, I think. Um... To me, mm. yeah, I think that that fantasy, the fantasy in Lost Highway, is a lot more. Uh, it's a lot more insidious, mm. I think. Mm. Yeah. Whereas the, like, the fantasy here is uh, sort of that golden Hollywood, you know. Yeah. Uh, that sort of, that sort of dream. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to the the grittier, more like depraved fantasy, yeah, mm-hmm. depraved and uh, um, depicted in Lost Highway. Yeah, I yeah. think like Lost Highway has more of a like because they both obviously also have like a take on Los Angeles, uh, and with Lost Highway, it's like sex in movies is bad. <laughs> all this, the, all these, all these violent sexual movies. It's about porn. I'm telling you. It's I about really porn. think it's <laughs> highway. It is, but it's and this like, one is much more. Like, this one's Hollywood take is. I hate making movies. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. It's about David Lynch being like, I hate to make movies. <laughs> it sucks. Everyone's telling me to do stuff when I, I don't want to. <laughs> Um, I read on the Wikipedia that after <laughs> after Twin Peaks, he wrote on a piece of plywood, "I will never again make a TV show." <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, I was I was thinking earlier when we mentioned uh, the TV show thing. Like, imagine if this had if this had gone on as a TV show, and then we we oh we, we would have had like awful uh. like Twin Peaks like season two type stuff with like some of the side characters in this one where it's like fucking <laughs> the, the, the fucking one of the executives is like doing the fucking Billy Ray Cyrus is doing Asian face oh, now dude I would pay no, money no. For, a, <laughs> for a Twin Peaks season two 
arc, but with <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus's character from Mulholland Drive. Are you kidding me? I would love that. I, okay, I wouldn't want it to exist, but I would, I would visit Billy... that world for a little while. Yeah. What if it was Billy Ray Cyrus in the giant porn that gets like shot with a crossbow? <laughs> <laughs> I just think that would be good. Um. God. Yeah. Wow. And I was. Do you want to look at this thing you sent, Jan? Oh that, yeah. Uh, about uh, David Lynch's clues to unlock this. Uh, I think this number seven, the Silencio one. That's like the most. Because mm. that like. I think that's them sort of sensing that the reality is fake and like yeah uh, <clears throat> yeah yeah so the this is like the, the what we're talking about is like they're in just 10 clues to unlock Mohol and drive from like the one of the dvd yeah. editions and the number seven that you're talking about is what is felt realized and gathered at the club silencio this yeah. is in my dvd copy i just found a <laughs> uh found this oh one. oh nice um yeah so yeah where is aunt ruth number 10 where, where is, is aunt ruth where, is, well, where is aunt ruth in reality oh uh, yeah canada for a film yeah. she's in canada for a film which is also where diane comes from because she's from ontario but then in in the real world her aunt is dead um and the redhead lady who has the house is just some other lady i guess Mm. All right. Yeah. Oh, can we talk about um, um oh what's her name? Uh lady who owns the apartments. This is completely tangential. Um Coco. Coco? I love, Coco? Uh Coco's a delight. Yeah, Coco. I would watch I would watch Mulholland yeah, Drive yeah. the TV show just for Wonderful. more Coco scenes. Mm. Yeah. Coco no, is the rules. most Coco is the most Twin Peaks character. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. She reminds me of um you know the woman who does the dancing in Gilmore Girls. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I Miss forget her name, but she's name. exactly yeah, yeah. this exactly yeah. her. Yeah, it's a sort Same of like type. old uh, aging starlet, ex starlet sort of yeah. archetype. She's got like she looks like she sort of she does her makeup and dresses kind of like um Liza Minnelli. Uh yeah. She's got that sort of that vibe. Yeah, it's she like will. the type who's gonna call everyone darling. Yeah. Call me um, everyone does. Um. There's some, I think there's some interesting questions that David Lynch is, like, asking us here, like... Notice the robe, the ashtray, the coffee cup. <laughs> what does that mean? I think... I noticed that the robe, because there's, like, a pattern robe that's in her house, and then she puts it on, and then later it's a different colour, and it's red, but with, like, black. Um, I think you can cuff sort of uh, cuffs. I don't know why that is. I'm trying to remember the the ashtray. That's like mm. the the roommate says, like, give me that ashtray back or something. Or is that the coffee cup? Yeah, yeah. No, she gets she gets the ashtray yeah. back. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's the, ashtray. the piano. It's the piano ashtray. Um, yeah. But then she and also really has the ashtray, so it's like with with the editing, like. I think you can use those things to tell, like, sort of the uh, the temporality of the scenes, and yeah, what happens first, whether or not the ashtray is on the table. Yeah, pretty sure, ninety percent yeah. sure. So, yeah. 
Question number eight is so funny to me. It's just, did talent alone help mm. Camilla? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's well, that, that the exploitation of actresses in Hollywood. It yeah. could. That's a, that's a theme. I would call that a theme. Yeah. It is like, that's the most, I feel like that, 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 that is like the main theme of this movie. That is, <laughs> which is also like the... The, the the Sunset Boulevard thing about how like mm. you come to Hollywood as a hopeful you think you have a lot of talent you might not have <laughs> or even if you do there's gonna be so many other people who have so much more talent and it's you you arrive in a system that is just gonna chew you up yeah like, <laughs> yeah you really do have to like rely on connections to get yeah. ahead or, and if you don't then you have <clears> to like you know let yourself be exploited or whatever. Um, like I, I, I think like one of my favorite parts of Sunset Boulevard is about how like Joe, like the the main character, is is really just a talentless hack writer. Like, yes, yeah, he's that. It's 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 not about how you know you're great and you don't get what you do, which which like a lesser director, like someone who's not as good as Billy Wilder would have done, or like a lesser screenwriter. But like it's 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 really about how uh, how. You think you're good and you're not. Yeah, and he's like, Which, oh, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just doing this as like a as a side gig. You know, there's no like, it's not like I have to do this because I can't get other jobs. You know, it's just, I'm just, I'm choosing to to hang yeah. around this this lady, um, just just because I want to. You know, it's, it's just you know, it's, it's fun. Yeah, I don't, I don't desperately need. Uh, I don't need I, I, I'm not. I'm not. We, I'm not somehow addicted to the one person who is uh, validating me, even though she does it in the most like toxic way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a great movie! Um, but 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 in this movie, there's also like this, the sense of how like. I I think it's I think David Lynch does it really masterfully the way uh, you're like first buy into this thing of oh yeah. Betty, she is not only like pure and good, also a really talented actress. Like when she does that audition mm. scene, even though like, like, like it it gives you the sense of she's auditioning like way below her, like way below what she deserves, right? Like she's so much better than like it's it's with these like really hokey like old people, right? Like like her. Her co-star, like as you said, the most orange man alive. Well, like, it's the most orange man. Just this orange man. Just like, guy. Just, like <laughs> every single move he does feels like he's doing a mannerism. Like he's not. You don't get the sense that he can. Like, you get the sense that he's going to like walk and move very slowly. Like also in real life, and like. Yeah, the the director just like is just like some guy who says shit and it doesn't mean anything and he's yeah. like not even paying attention he's just like saying vague things like, about yeah, like he... energy and stuff get him david oh yeah 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 like he yeah, says, yeah yeah he says the thing i said at the beginning right like he says yeah. um only play it real when it gets real <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like it's not it's not a competition let, let it like you know let it be let it stand they're like uh-huh <laughs> yep. okay. yeah. and the the cool casting ladies Roger <laughs> yeah the cool casting ladies are just like watching this and they're like giving each other like sidelong glances yeah. like guys such a fucking idiot um, and he's the only one who doesn't seem that impressed by her amazing acting yeah 
kind of similar, by the way. I'm just I'm just realizing this that the disaster artist, uh, the book is is also a Sunset Boulevard story. Yes, it is. Well, he quotes Sunset Boulevard at like in every chapter. Yeah, except like your like toxic influence isn't like a rich old uh, lady, but like this weird guy who is probably foreign, but you don't know where he's from, and he seems to have a lot <laughs> more money than you. you should have. Yeah. I girls so much. Um, but yeah, like I was gonna, I was gonna talk about how like that scene, like really, like sells you on this idea that oh yeah, she really is much more talented than than everyone else, and she she deserves like a role in a big picture. She should get the role mm. in like Adam's picture. That like weirdly they want to get this different girl. Who knows why? Seems like a conspiracy. Um, she should really like get a get a great. And then at the end, when you see like the Diane bits, you're like, oh yeah, maybe, maybe she is just like someone hopefully getting to Hollywood who really just doesn't like, doesn't have quite what it needs to be mm-hmm. a star, and also like isn't lucky because it's Hollywood, you know? Mm. Right. Like it's yeah. um. Well, in that way, it's like it's really well she, done. Yeah, she gets to live in yeah. this like fabulous apartment, you know, and then when she does go back to her real apartment in the dream, like it, it's this, uh, it, it, she sees this like a horrible corpse in the bed and like this really oh, yeah. dramatic experience and like just that sort of mm. falling apart of, uh, reality. That like corpse in the bed is it's the most, so grim. it's the most like viscerally disgusting they thing keep cutting I have to seen it. They cut to it like yeah. three times, and I'm mm-hmm. like, stop. Yeah. The whole makeup and whatever they do for that looks, yeah, 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 do really, we, really horrifying. Do we think that yeah. audition scene with the uh, don't do it, do it, don't do it real till it gets real? Do we think that's a bit, yeah. mm, not to get Freudian, but is that a bit problematic? Like implying that uh, this lesbian character has fantasies of like being intimate with this old man. I think it's um I I think it's just that she thinks that in this in this world she's so good an actor that she can just like roll with it and yeah. also she she'll allow herself to be like groped by this old guy in order to get a part which she imagines <clears throat> is what Camilla did. Um but like when you but like when you watch that scene, right? Like even though he clearly like when he says, "Let's play it nice and close." Like he clearly gives off like the worst right, vibes, right. but yeah. when they start acting the scene, you kind of forget that he's like groping her, that he wanted mm. to be intimate with her for like maybe creepy reasons, because it's just so captivating. Like with yeah. the like he's like he's like let's keep it nice and close, like in the movies. Yeah, and then you actually like it. I think it kind of it kind of shows like it's it's also about like how artificial everything you see in a movie is like i don't know if i talked about it on this podcast but like i i i keep thinking about when we had like a guest lecturer at our uni who uh who was like like she was like a serbian actress who uh who was like in a ton of like film and theater production and she talked like about differences between like stage and film acting and she kind of demonstrated how yeah like everything you film even like the most normal conversations you film, you stand like so much closer than you would in real life mm-hmm. or on stage. Like it is incredibly artificial, but once you watch it on a movie, you don't realize. You don't realize they're standing much more closer just because they need to be in the same frame because you're so used to movie language. 
and that scene like kind of shows shows you like exactly that right like you see you see once as long as it's like a wide shot where you see like everyone you see they're standing incredibly like uncomfortably close to each other but once it like zooms in it just becomes a movie scene that's true yeah yeah i think this this might be like one of the best movies about movies like oh yeah mm. yeah yeah it's so good yeah this is a great this is a movie. Fucking... you should watch this movie if you haven't watched this movie you should check it out totally now yeah. that we've told you, you everything about it, we treated this guy called David Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> He's really hot right now. I just think how it's like such moving a moving up the charts. You got to check him out. Sound of the summer. <laughs> Please, <laughs> like if you Laura's theme by Angela Badalamenti. <laughs> if you've already listened to like eleven or twelve, I don't know episodes of this podcast about David Lynch, you might you might consider checking out his movies. Yeah, if you've enjoyed this, we've really it, gotten through almost all of them. Yeah, yeah. wow. There's in yeah, in terms of like <laughs> movies, movies. In terms of the movies, there's yeah, just one. Wow. Yeah. Um. Oh, correct. We did it. We've done it. We've done it, guys. Wow. <laughs> we did it. Uh, there's still eighteen Complete, hours. David Lynch piece. completed it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> there's still a there's still a TV show that is longer than his entire filmography. This is true. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. That was such a wild moment to experience when we were like, <laughs> we as a society collectively thought that David Lynch has retired from making movies, he's making music now and music videos and painting and transcendental meditation. And then he suddenly like makes, makes more visual media, makes more like movie stuff than <laughs> all his movies, like everything is done before. Yeah, wow. I, we like, it, it there's many things that are fucked about, like the world, but just on that account, we live in a blessed <laughs> timeline because that was that's not a given. That that's that's pretty happen. sweet. I, I think, yeah, they finally yeah. figured out. Like, oh, he just just give him a lot of money, and he'll do, yeah, and let him do whatever he wants, and yeah, and he yeah, did. yeah, yeah. You fig- they figured out that like almost everyone who worked with him actually does want to work with him again will come back but only if he is involved yeah because yeah, well, he he like nearly he nearly dropped out and he he, they, he was like you give me 18 episodes yeah. rather than 12 or i'm walking and they were like uh and everyone else was like yeah we're also gonna walk if he goes and they were like okay fine whatever do 18 <laughs> episodes um and that's that's star power baby <laughs> i was just thinking about i was just thinking earlier how it's like such a cliche when like Hollywood makes movies about how bad Hollywood is, and but then it still gets gets all the Oscars, and it's like you, you always get this bad feeling about it. How well, like if Hollywood is so bad, then why are you making movies in Hollywood? <laughs> um, yeah, but this is like one of the rare cases where it actually nails it, where it actually feels like, and I think it works because it's done by David Lynch, who is like a guy who has worked within the Hollywood system, but is clearly like not super comfortable with it um wasn't like i guess it helped that that's his last movie was the straight story which was like his one of his rare box office successes well he got burnt kind of early in his career with uh with dune mm. so like yeah. he yeah he knew what he did and didn't want out of a out of the filmmaking experience yeah 
He's like, I do not want to work with the big studio. I do not want to be controlled in this way. I do not want to have these pressures anymore. I wish he would make. Um, I wish he had made. Happened on Twin Peaks. So. Actually, that's not true. I was about. To, I used to wish he had made Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. I don't think that anymore. I yeah, want him to God. make a Star Wars movie now. <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> I no. <laughs> that's what I do not why. want him to go near that. If, I <laughs> I do I not want, want like to... weird internet weirdos harassing nice boy David Lynch online <laughs> yeah. on YouTube videos. But imagine the like red hot nuclear discourse of David Lynch fans and Star Wars fans. <laughs> Just imagine it. Like fucking Doctor Some people want to see the world strange love level of fucking chaos. I am imagining it. Uh I am imagining it. I think it would be I want to give David Lynch to I would love David Lynch to make one of the like animated star wars let him direct like one episode of whatever the sequel of clone wars oh, is yeah. currently on rebels but mm-hmm. did rebels go away rebels went away and now there's a new one which i forget oh, what it's, it's called. called like the bad ones or something yeah the bad batch i is think it actually hold on yes star wars it's called the bad batch bad na- they should call it star wars the bad name <laughs> bad Batch is a really bad title, I agree. Bad Batch. Is God. it the good batch? No, it's mm. the bad batch. Mm, this is, is it like about a gremlin bad guys thing? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Oh, it's a bad batch of clones? Bad wasn't, batch of clones. Wasn't the bad, bad batch like a western? Me? It's not the Western. We're thinking of. Uh, it wasn't the Bad Batch. I think. You're was. thinking of uh, Bad Batch Fury Road. <laughs> Bad Batch Fury Road. <laughs> what the fuck is that Peckinpah movie? Uh, oh, I need to Google this. Hold on, Sam Peckin. The Bad Bunch, maybe. I don't know. That that sounds more like something. The Wild the Bunch. Bunch. Okay, I was the way wild off. The wild Bunch. Okay. okay, the Wild Bunch isn't exactly like the Bad. <laughs> the bad Batch. <laughs> <laughs> I was way off. I oh, the, yeah. this is an L for me. Oh well. Um, okay. Let's just go we'll through these clues real okay. quick because uh, I think there's, okay. there's a few funny ones. Uh, the first one: pay particular attention in, to the beginning of the film. At least two clues are revealed before the credits. I don't know what. To uh, mean there's the the pillow. Uh, jitterbug competition. Jitterbug. Um, what does that mean? Uh, dance. Well, she I she's there. She's smiling, but she's dancing. with those two old people as well. And that yeah. one part is really flashy. They, they, and, yeah, they represent they represent her childhood innocence and success that she no longer has access to. And then at the end, they kill her because she's so far from them. I guess. I think it's funny how, like, as I said, this movie isn't that hard to decode. But David Lynch is doing a great job with these clues to make it harder. <laughs> Yeah, he wants you to think Well, that's the thing, right? Is it's like, you know, you know, I think the biggest issue with that with that guy in his 5-hour video and he did do one for Mulholland Drive and I've watched it, it's fine. Yeah. Um is the belief that there is one there is one correct Yeah, there's an answer. answer. <laughs> I I don't think there I don't think there yeah. is. I don't think David Lynch would ever want there no. to be one. 
you know. He's not creating like a puzzle that you get to solve and then it's complete. It's like done and you you won. Right. You know. It's I think not he's like just a like, game. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's just he just wants to get people thinking, get the old yeah. get the old yeah. brain cells <clears throat> moving. You know. I love the I love the phrasing of clue number four, which is an accident <laughs> is a terrible event. Notice the location of the accident. Mulholland Drive. There was also Mulholland Drive. The accident happens the, at the same place yeah. where she finally loses all hope of her being loved back by Camilla, um, and she's like got her final betrayal. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be it. Yeah. So this whole thing is like she kills herself at the yeah. end, right? Yes. So it's basically or does she? Yeah. Or Ooh. does she? I don't know. But like <gasps> one understanding of this could be that this is like I don't know. Just uh, I, I I kind of wonder if she would like die like after this, or if this is this everything is that happens here is supposed to just like flash before her eyes, like in the moment of dying. <laughs> For which it is really long, but like I could see that be an interpretation. I don't know. Well, there is like an there's like an idea that you know because there's there's lots of other theories about this film, and I think you can go deeper if you want. You know, like you can come up with whatever if you have evidence to support it. Yeah. There's ones where it's like, oh, it's a Mobius strip, and by killing herself, she goes back into the dream, and then like has to keep repeating it over and over again. Oh, um, okay. This one I saw a few times. I can get into that. Um, yeah. like going in and out of the box almost because the box is by the gun. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there's enough like repeated iconography and scenes in there that I can dig with that. Yeah, or like maybe it, it maybe it Those was true, and thing. then this is a different world, and then that's going to be a different world, and there's going to be a different world. You know, you can uh-huh. you can say whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's a. <laughs> The, the, this whole movie is actually about how, like, she, like, resets the timeline and now we're, like, in a split timeline where it's, like, all repeating over again. Um, yeah. And it's, like, a different, you know, we're going back to the house uh, where she killed Camilla. <laughs> it's, like, a yeah. different year now or whatever. Yeah. It's just Higurashi. Um, <laughs> Everything is. Until she... it's gonna... Everything is Higurashi. It's gonna keep repeating until he decides not to kill Camilla, and then and then she'll be freed. It's yeah. Groundhog Day. Mulholland <laughs> Drive is Groundhog Day. Yeah, we figured it yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Biggest brain. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I just remembered. I've been seeing some takes about how this movie is actually problematic because it has the trope of crazy lesbians or whatever. Sure, that's so true. <laughs> so uh, I guess no I guess cons- it's cancelled. No now. one's considered that lesbians are crazy. <laughs> I'm just putting. <laughs> Let clear stories right, be like... messy. Yeah, right. Like I, I don't think she's crazy because she's lesbian or whatever. It's not. It's not really about lesbianism or sexuality or whatever. It's, it's part of it, it but it's just, such a good. It's, it's more about jealousy or more about about. About her breakup and also her career going badly and in Hollywood, right? Like, such a great yeah. movie for Pride. She wants to. Mm-hmm. It is a Pride movie, yeah. Yeah. She wants. She simultaneously wants to have sex with Camilla, but also be Camilla and also replace Camilla, and also wants Camilla to suffer. 
So it's like, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just a queer experience. I think that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Which is also what uh <laughs> what adaptations are. Um according to adaptation theory is that they want to consume their original but also replace their original like I think that's true. I, I think yeah, I think that might be like kind of also like a, also like a film thing I guess about how I don't know. I guess how you know the role overwrites you as a person. Yeah. 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 Mask and the wearer. It is, and it is acting. You know, the dream is her, her, her acting. You know, yeah. it's also. And dreams are it's movies. All, it's all acting, movies baby. are dreams. I don't know. Movies and Either dreams way, and dreams and movies. like I think, I, I, I think the whole like it was all a dream just like goes back to also about how like movies are being dreamed up or whatever. What do you think the deal <laughs> like is that. with the guy behind the winkies in the in the last scene where? He's behind the winkies. I don't know. Why has he got old people in a bag? <laughs> but like <laughs> small. Not gonna lie. I don't have a clue. <laughs> Not one clue. He just he got them from the shop. That's why. Yeah. They, they were like, yeah. do, you want, "Do you want them in a bag?" <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, okay." And some little, and some little old people. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, just wrap them yeah. up for me." And they're like, "Okay." Do you want? To, it's an extra twenty-five cents for a bag because it's it, it's a big city. Like okay, that's fine. Yeah. That's how I imagine the guy talks. That's, that's okay, fine. put them in with the with the box. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm saying is that we've perfectly understood this movie and explained it to you. So if you're listening to I this, think you, so. you now 100 percent understand the movie. You don't even have to watch the movie now. Mulholland yeah. Drive hashtag mm. explained. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> no, really. No. Really. There's a lot of like I went on Letterbox uh, to log this movie. Um, and a lot of the highly upvoted movies are like, all right, here's a scene by scene breakdown about what everything in this movie means. Like, that's not what Letterboxd is for. Come on. Jonas Agree website, Mulholland Drive.net, slash studies, slash theory. Jesus Christ. Oh, HBO. this is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> this website I happen to find. Oh, let's see this. Trying to find. Oh, um, hello. <laughs> oh, wow. The abortion theory. I literally just read that one as well. (laughs) Me too. Two drug trips. Oh my god. Diana's having two drug induced dreams. Parallel parallel universes one. The dream was a movie. Spoiler, it is a movie. (laughs) The dream is a movie. Because it's all a movie. Because it's a film called Holland, right? (laughs) (laughs) The dream was a movie. I mean, it is, technically. Right? Oh, I see the theory is... Oh, this the- I hate this theory. I kind of like that theory. I don't know. Hello. The first part of Mulholland Drive is not really a dream of Diane, but her altered recollection of the movies she and Camilla starred in together. The dinner party is a production wrap-up party. That's kind of cool. I mean, I think it's That's true. Not, it's like, it's I like don't a cool hate idea. That. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, it, that made me think. Got me thinking. Um, Diane dreamt twice. Okay. <laughs> I like these two dreams of a third person. Two of them. I was like, what if this is all this all takes place after Dan dies, um, after seeing the man behind the winkies and then he becomes the man behind the winkies and this is all just him like making it, oh you know. God. So uh, okay. Parallel Universes Theory version one. The theory of Mohan Drive is a composition of dreams and fantasies has been a dominant one. 
Sarah Lynch and it does make a modicum of sense, but to me there's something about the hypothesis that feels too easy, too incomplete. Here's my theory. <laughs> the blue easy. box is the portal between two parallel universes. Too easy. You can't see Some I'm doing movies. the jerk-off motion right too now. Because <laughs> that's what I think of this theory. <laughs> it's too easy. It needs to go we need to go deeper. It needs to make less sense. Suppose Camilla really dies in the car crash, but the cosmic force of Diane's simultaneous death is enough to resurrect the two as Rita and Betty, innocent so new true. Angelinos. That makes sense to me. Suppose the powers that be such as the cowboy are so alarmed by this cosmic disruption that they will do everything they can to restore the women's original identities. Suppose the story then keeps on circling on and on eternally. Mm. What a great website. I... Oh, this is wonderful. I love this website. Abortion theory, schizophrenia. It's a gold mine. Oh, this is... We could do an entire episode just about reading these theories. Um. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, we're not going to do that, but go on. No. Mulholland-drive.net slash studies slash theories.htm <laughs> to read more about this. Lynch's clue number one, the jitterbug contest. Why would you win a jitterbug contest? I'm just putting this out there. Why would you? Why would you win a jitterbug contest know. and be like, "I'm going to become an actor because I won this jitterbug contest"? Like that's. I mean, that doesn't really follow. You just like, wow, I'm so good at jitterbugging. They're going to love this in the movies. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This has been. This has been Lynchpin, um, a podcast for geniuses by geniuses. Um, <laughs> There's no way that Diane was in a jitterbug contest. It just doesn't make any sense. That's true. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that's the weirdest thing to get hung up on. I did see a thing because right. they, they did a thing actually where they asked God. like twelve critics what they thought the movie was about. They were like film analysts, and they all had different answers. And one of them was just like, "I don't think that Diane and Betty are the same person. I think it's just about how actors kind of look the same sometimes." And I was like, "I don't see how you can get to that. <laughs> uh, so deranged." Okay. Wow. This is this has been Lynchpin, Mulholland Drive. <laughs> Next month we'll be doing great movie Inland Empire, which I am very excited about. I've never mm-hmm. seen. Are we doing that Me one? Or do we want to do rabbits first? Oh shit! I forgot about rabbits. Um, oh yeah, we could do rabbits. We could uh, yeah. we could do assorted shorts. Um. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that idea. We could do like some short film. We could do what is it? I always call it like. Dumbland? Yeah, there's Dumbland, which you did like around the same time as we did Rabbits. I think I think if we do like Rabbits and Dumbland and then like maybe see if there's any other like shorts that might be relevant. Uh we could do his, his yeah, that's your day. We could do his yeah. handbag ad. Um which apparently is pretty pretty interesting. Um I just won't have like a lot of time to watch a three hour movie uh in the following months, so that's yeah, fair. that's okay. But we will watch uh, Inland Empire soon. Okay. Yeah, so join us next time for that. And until then, have a good one. Don't kill your girlfriend. Uh, and goodbye. Don't kill your girlfriend. Mm. Yeah, don't do that. If you hear us one more time, you did good. If you hear us two more times, <laughs> you did bad. But you should hear us loads of times because we're great. Okay. Bye. Bye. Uh, I'm an old person. I'm in your your room. (laughs) Real little.